Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, your host. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about a specific diagnosis of vestibular migraines. The past two weeks, I've had three or four patients that have come in with this diagnosis of vestibular migraine. And it's been interesting because it's not it's not common, and it's definitely one of the, uh, yeah, less common uh, diagnoses that we see here in the clinic, but we do see it. And because I've seen it so um, in the past two weeks, because I've seen it three or four times, this prevalence has, has ramped up for some reason. And what we try to do with these podcasts is actually structure them so that when people come to us and they need more information, we can actually source them to a podcast where we talk all about that subject. And so there's probably a lot of you that deal with vestibular migraines, dizziness, in addition to the migraine symptoms that you have. And so what I want to do is break down what it means to have a vestibular migraine, what getting that diagnosis is intended to, how I want you to think when you have that diagnosis of vestibular migraine. I also want to explain why you would be getting dizziness in addition to migraine symptoms. I want to leave you with hope. As we, as we always try to do on this podcast, I want to leave you with hope of I have a better understanding, I have direction. This is not something that I just have to live with the rest of my life. And so we're going to break down a couple myths within the vestibular migraine world and talk about other reasons why you might have dizziness, things that your typical screening and testing through our healthcare system do not address. So let's get started. Vestibular migraine. What does that mean? So the vestibular system um, is part of our inner ear that is sending input to our brain in, in response to gravity. There's, so there's, there's these little tubes, and there's fluid within those tubes, and there's these hair-like structures that are going to respond to the direction of flow of fluid. And that flow of fluid, just like if you have an inner tube full of water, if you shift it one direction or the other, um, the water does not immediately respond to the shifting of the tube. It, it's a delayed effect. And so what happens is when you look up or down side to side, or you ride up and down an elevator, all of those movements are then there's the fluid responding to it. And then it, it signals those hair-like structures and a, and a signal is sent to our brain. And so vestibular migraine it, the, is referencing the vestibule, which is what I just described, that organ within the ear that corresponds to our balance and our and our ability to understand what upright is in our head position, and the brain gets that information and it, and then it tells our eyes what to do and it, it also is going to send information to our neck and all these other systems will kind of play off of that. Now, in the context of vestibular migraine, really what it's saying is that you are dizzy. You are dizzy outside of the typical diagnoses or problems that they that they find, and maybe. Your dizziness is accompanied by what are what are commonly seen as other migraine symptoms. So your dizziness more naturally may cause unsteadiness or loss of, of balance, but you may have sensitivity to noise as well, maybe light sensitivity. Maybe you do actually have a presentation of pain, so a headache, that could be in the normal wrapping up and around pattern of a typical migraine, 
But a lot of times people with vestibular migraine don't have the painful sensation in their head. That's, or that's not their primary symptom. You may also experience ear ringing or ear fullness. Those are very common symptoms that will correspond with dizziness that are closely associated to dizziness because there's an ear problem. There's something going on in the ear. Now, vestibular migraine is attacks of dizziness. Okay, so the typical migraine experience is it varies in frequency depending on on your personal experience, but it's going to be as you would typically experience a migraine, maybe there's an onset in the morning or in the evening or afternoon, and it'll ramp up and you'll have this terrible pain that'll wrap up around the head and it's a throbbing sensation. So just like that, this vestibular migraine is just this, this, um, yeah, this feeling of being dizzy that will over overwhelm you. It's not necessarily like the room is spinning. Sometimes patients would say that, but it's more like you're on a ship. Now it can be the waves of dizziness that happen. Uh, and then there can be periods where you feel fine and then it'll come back. Sometimes people will feel dizzy, uh, for, I mean, it'll never actually go away. So it'll ramp up and they'll, it'll drop back down. It'll ramp up and it'll drop back down depending on, uh, maybe someone knows their triggers, their activity level, things like that, that will ramp it up and they'll be able to uh, accommodate their life to try to avoid anything that'll trigger their dizziness. But sometimes people do have it just constantly, a constant level of dizziness, like you're on a ship or you just feel a little bit off balance or something's off. And that, that dizziness is very frustrating and uh, it can be very debilitating too, especially I've had patients that they, they don't want to drive because they will have spells of dizziness that, uh, they fear if they're in the car, you know, they they wouldn't be able to control the car with the intense dizziness that they experience a low level of dizziness. People usually, usually are able to function relatively well and accommodate to that. But outside of that, that intense bout of dizziness is uh, is something that can be kind of paralyzing for people. And we'll talk about where those dizziness symptoms may be coming from. All right, so vestibular migraines, you you experience the combination of, of the dizziness with maybe like an aura, the sensitivities to lights and sounds. And uh, obviously you're, you're not a big fan of quick movements and uh, can occur with or without the headache. So let's talk about where different types of dizziness would come from. So if you are dizzy and you present to your primary care doctor, they will probably, in addition to prescribing like an anti-nausea medication, they might either in their office or send you somewhere else to do what's called a Dix-Hallpike test. And this is a test that checks for the inner ear being dysfunctional in the sense that there's an actual, what are, these are like little crystals that uh, are on the end of these hair-like structures that I talked about initially, and they'll become dislodged and, and they'll actually find their way in different parts of that inner tube and it'll disrupt the flow of fluid. So every time you turn your head quickly in the direction of that specific canal, the fluid shifts, but that little crystal will disrupt the flow of fluid. And so it sends an improper signal. And typically what happens is you just, you get really dizzy or your brain actually receives the input as if you were like on a, on a merry-go-round. So you're spinning and you'll see your eyes twitch. Um, it's, it's called nystagmus. So they have a quick, uh, they have a quick movement in one direction. And that tells us as providers, typically what side the, the inner ear has a problem. So is it the right side? Is it the left side? Cause you have one of these organs 
on each side of your head. And so with that, we can then use gravity-dependent positions, like the Epley maneuver is the most common one, to then reposition that crystal back to where it's supposed to be. Now that's called BPPV, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. And that is relatively easy to treat because people can come in and be extremely dizzy and just with the Epley maneuver can leave and feel fine. And then you give them a handout and they can oftentimes treat themselves if it were to come back. Now that's treating one of the inner tube canals within the inner ear, but there are two additional canals. There's the anterior canal, there's the posterior canal, which we just talked about, and then the horizontal or the lateral canal. Now, since we're on the inner ear, the the most common type that's checked for and treated is that posterior canal. It's like 90% of the time that's what people are dealing with when it comes to quick, intense dizziness that usually lasts for a minute or less. So people that are diagnosed with vestibular migraine, um, they may experience intense dizziness like that, but typically um, it'll be that sort of like you're on a ship, ongoing dizziness that'll hear from the people that have the vestibular migraine diagnosis. But for the sake of understanding the inner ear, the posterior canal is most common. Now, if the anterior and the lateral or the horizontal canal have the same problem, they present differently. And typically the horizontal canal when it comes to a, like a low-grade dizziness for a long period of time, can be the issue. And I'll get into the weeds here, um, so I don't want to lose you, but think of that little crystal being in the tube or in the horizontal canal. It can also be attached to what's called the cupula. So it's the, the hair-like structures themselves that um, the, the crystal can be attached to that sensory organ in a sense where it actually like weighs it down so that it's almost like constantly providing an extra signal. And what that does for people is it causes them to feel like they're unsteady, like almost all the time. And so when we do our testing of the inner ear, usually it's just sort of like you get subtle increase in dizziness with different types of head movements. And that can be challenging to evaluate and then to treat. But the inner ear can definitely be a source of ongoing dizziness, whereas most of the time, if it's not that posterior canal and isn't treated with the epilene maneuver, people will move on or they may not evaluate for the horizontal canal or, or be trained in how to look for that. So that's one thing that we want to look at if you have the diagnosis of vestibular migraine. We want to understand if the inner ear is a problem. Okay. Uh, also, people can get the diagnosis of Meniere's disease. So Meniere's is uh, dizziness accompanied by hearing loss. Those are, those are kind of the, the key signs. So the hearing loss is the one thing that's typically a little bit different than just a, a BPPV or that vertigo we just talked about. And it's a little bit different than like a traditional uh, vestibular migraine diagnosis as well because the hearing loss is a little bit unique. Um, there, it's thought to, that Meniere's disease is connected to um, the, the fluid itself within the ear and like the, the density of it or the amount of it that, that changes the ability for the organ to do its job. And so you're just kind of constantly dizzy and that can in, impact hearing in some sense as well. Um, there, I would say um, dizziness in general is typically not well understood. So that we, I have had patients that have been diagnosed with Meniere's disease but uh, with reducing tension through their neck and their jaw and just freeing up the, the surrounding structures in the ear and the inner ear, it, uh, it can help, okay? So just know that having a diagnosis 
It doesn't mean you have to just go through life and suffer and just rely on medications. There, there typically is an answer or at least um, potential for an answer or potential for more relief than you've, than you've had. That's what I've found in my career is, um, I mean, that journey of finding the answer can be really frustrating. And that's why I do this podcast to help people. But um, that's, that's a little tangent on Meniere's disease. So to understand dizziness outside of the inner ear, we have to look at visual function. So uh, visual function and then the neck. So the brain gets these three inputs from our, our visual input, our inner ear, and then the neck itself. We have what's called proprioception in the neck. And so that's really the muscles themselves telling the brain where head is in relationship to space. And then we have obviously what we see visually and our brain wants our eyes to receive the, the visual input and then send that to the brain. So the brain gets all of these inputs and it tries to make sense of all of them. Now, if one of them or multiple of these inputs are off, then that's when we become dizzy. Now, the intense dizziness that comes and goes is usually easier to diagnose because it has to do with a very mechanical that crystals disrupting fluid, and once it calms down, the dizziness goes away. What gets tricky is when you just have dizziness like all the time because you can have what's called cervicogenic dizziness, which is dizziness from the neck. And all that means is your neck is is so tight and dysfunctional and it doesn't want to move and maybe your head's sitting on your neck and in, in, in sort of a with a tilt and because of that there's this signal that's sent to your brain and, and it's sort of forcing these other inputs to have to work overtime or, or the brain is getting the input and it doesn't know what to do with it because it's just constantly like your head's tilted and you can actually have like a prolonged dizziness from your neck and as your head is in different positions, whether it's like you're, you're sitting and you have a forward head posture or say you just, you, you look down, sometimes that can be irritating for the neck enough to like increase dizziness. People can actually have bouts of, of increased dizziness um, just from their neck being in more stressful situations. And then they can kind of get out of those or relax them, usually not completely, but they can reduce the dizziness a little bit if they're doing something that's more therapeutic for their neck. Now, if the neck is dysfunctional like that for a long time, it usually demands more of the eyes. So if your head's tilted like this, then your visual system wants the visual input to be on this horizontal plane. And so your eyes will have to kind of correct and there's stress added to your eyes. Now, short term, that that's fine. The body can compensate. But if we add, you know, months or years to this, then stress builds up in the eyes themselves and the, and the visual system can then contribute to it. So if someone comes to me with dizziness, and let's say it's, it's been a month it's, and the inner ear isn't a problem, it's likely that the neck is going to be hopefully going to be able to solve all of it. If it's been going on for years, there's a chance that we, mean, we might need to look at uh, rehabbing the visual system and restoring uh, function to uh, the, the eyes and how they move and how they coordinate uh, because they're, they're kind of tired and fatigued and stressed out. So we need to restore how they want to originally function. So you have these three systems and you see how each of them sort of plays off the other and the brain gets the, the input and has to make sense of it. And so if these systems aren't functioning optimally, we can compensate for a while, but usually after a period of time, dizziness is one of those things that we can experience. Now, our healthcare system 
like I said, usually is okay at doing the posterior canal dizziness, but outside of that, um, it, it, care usually looks fairly poor when, especially when someone's dealing with a long-term form of dizziness and the neck is going to be a problem. So treating the neck is usually what we look for because the neck has almost never been assessed or evaluated the way it should be by the time people come to our clinic. And so we usually start with the neck because if the neck is an issue, that can unlock a lot of other things. And that can that can help relax sort of our visual system so the eyes don't have to work as hard. But if the neck itself is driving this prolonged dizziness, um, then, we, then we have our answer and, and the patient should see that uh, improve uh, relatively quickly. And so cervicogenic dizziness is, we, we find it to be very common, especially when you have uh, vestibular migraine diagnosis, because that means that not only do you experience dizziness, but you have the, the visual aura and the sensitivities, the lights and sounds that go along with the traditional migraine diagnosis. You also may have ear fullness and ear ringing, which are very closely tied to the neck itself because way up high here, just below your ear, just behind your ear and your neck, it's a very high real estate area. And when there's tension built up there, things like your eustachian tubes don't want to function the way they should. There's pressure that builds and that can impact function um, of the ear itself, causing like ear fullness sensations or ear ringing. And we can actually change that experience by working on your neck and releasing that tension. And so if you have the vestibular migraine diagnosis, and you have this ongoing dizziness that will ramp up, and you also have ear ringing or ear fullness, those things uh, with the the sensitivities, lights, and sounds, those things that match more with the traditional migraine speak to us in the language of this is a neck problem, or at least your neck is contributing to this because there's tension that's that's keeping your inner ear from functioning, that's keeping your ear from, from relieving pressure or regulating pressure the way it should, and there's also probably a, a, a sensation from the neck that's causing you to be hypersensitive to lights and sounds. And so all of those things do, do seem to connect more with the neck, uh, but we also want to understand what's happening with the inner ear and the visual system. And so you just kind of have to start working uh, on, on what we find and see how patients improve. And then over time, we kind of peel back these layers to better understand uh, what, what they need. All right, so when it comes to uh, a couple other things, so one thing that we've adopted into our clinic uh, is called a, a gamma core um, vagus nerve stimulator. And what this has to do with vestibular migraines is a Harvard study actually showed that vagal nerve stimulation may reduce migraine-associated vertigo, okay, the dizziness associated with vertigo. Um, and so what happens here is you take this stimulator, it's kind of like a TENS unit even though it's 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 different, but it um, for functionality terms or just for understanding, it's kind of like putting a tens unit on your neck, and you just have this this electrical current, kind of a light, just um, comfortable, somewhat comfortable current that's running through your neck and stimulating the vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve is going to impact our autonomic nervous system. We've talked about this before, so it's going to help ramp up the parasympathetic nervous system, and so it has this sort of calming sensation. Um, we, we use it in different applications, but in, in this scenario, it's encouraging to see that uh, Harvard in this study has come up with a conclusion where stimulating the vagus nerve 
uh, can actually reduce that that vertigo, that migraine associated vertigo. Uh, the study found that 13 of 14 migraine patients who used uh, the stimulation, vagus nerve stimulation, reported a significant improvement in the vestibular symptoms occurring during a migraine attack. Um, so while you're having the symptoms, use the device. It could be helpful. Now, that's more symptom management. We're all about things that are like non-medication because we don't want side effects and we don't want long-term impacts of the medication. Um, of course, short-term, if, if, uh, if it finds relief, as long as we're starting the journey or on the journey of getting to the underlying cause, medication can play a role. But we always want to be finding solutions outside of that. So that vagus nerve stimulation is something that we're a fan of. And especially if the nervous system is just so ramped up or uh, people are kind of in the fight or flight mode all the time, that can be a good way to just calm them down as, uh, as would like deep breathing and, and exercises like that. So that's the Gamma Core. We do, uh, we're kind of ambassadors here. So we sell their product. Um, and we have, we have like a demo people can try and, uh, yeah. And, and we think, we think it's a good thing. We like, uh, the way they're headed. So helpful tips. If you are listening to this and this sounds like you, you've been diagnosed with vestibular migraine, or maybe you haven't, but you just have migraines and you have dizziness, or maybe you don't have migraines, but you're just, you've been a little dizzy or you have ear fullness, ear ringing, these other symptoms that oftentimes people don't associate together, but they are very much related. And, uh, usually we, we can get most, if not all of those symptoms to go away with, with our form of treatment, which gets pretty exciting. What you need to know is that your, your neck needs to be looked at. And uh, typically it hasn't necessarily, I'm going to assume it hasn't been looked at the way it should be looked at. So this is different than an x-ray. This is different than, than an MRI. This is different than a CT scan. If those things showed anything to treat, you probably would have been treated fine at your neurologist, ENT, or your primary care doc. What we're talking about is a movement problem, this upper neck loss of mobility that then impacts uh, and, and causes tension that's close enough in proximity to cause ear fullness, ringing in the ears, and dizziness. And treating the neck looks like restoring function. So chiropractic work can be helpful in this regard, but their focus um, is primarily on alignment of the spine. Now, obviously, there's different flavors of chiropractic, just like there are PT, but for the most part, they're trained in, in alignment where PTs are trained to focus on movement. So we like to focus on movement. We like to restore function specifically to the upper part of the neck because we see such a big impact, not just with head pain and migraines, but with this vestibular migraine and dizziness and ear fullness and ear ringing. And so what ultimately what we'd love you to do is actually reach, reach out to us um, and a half hour of my time is, is free. I mean, you, you don't have to, I mean, we don't, we're not going to like finagle anything out of you. It's just like, literally it's free just cause I love what I do. And obviously, um, uh, if you're a good fit, I'm going to, I'm going to want to work with you. But what I would say is I want to help you navigate. What does it look like from here? I was just reading a post from a, a patient we had. She posted on Facebook and Instagram about how she did a virtual visit with us. She got some direction, different exercises, and she worked with a PT in her area, understanding what we had taught her and then going to the PT and saying, I need this. And she was able to find uh, relief, more relief than she had found before. And so we can help navigate, okay, what does that look like for you specifically and a provider in your area? But we can also work 
virtually and then of course in person if you're in Colorado Springs and you're listening to this um, then yeah but book an appointment because we we need to help you figure this out especially if this is impacting your life in a way that you, you can't work you can't spend time with your kids um, your your health is diminishing because of it you don't want to exercise anymore you don't want to hike uh, we need to end that downward spiral and so we'd love for you to reach out our website is Novera Headache Center uh, dot com and or you can email Bria at hello at NoveraHeadacheCenter.com and uh, we'll point you in the right direction. This is the uh, Vestibular Migraine Podcast and I hope you guys were able to grab some nuggets and some helpful things, a better understanding so that you have hope uh, and direction moving from here. This is the Headache Doctor Podcast where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.